Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, The Voice of Magic Fans, episode lucky number 13. What's going on, boys? What's happening? What's going on, yo? So in the studio today, Al. What's up? Justin. Yo. Mark. What's going on, fellas? And myself, Anthony. And, and this week, we have so much to talk about, right? Trade deadline is right around the corner. We just uh, getting back from our West Coast road trip, some highs yeah. and some lows. But before we jump into it, let's get into the ozone. All right. So obviously these last couple of games, they the games have been on like super late. Mm-hmm. We're we're talking about games starting at ten thirty. We're watching until one o'clock in the morning. Um, losing sleep over these games. Lo- losing sleep. And then for me, I work it early in the morning, so I'm not especially after that Laker game, I, I didn't go to sleep till about maybe two thirty and three just because yeah. there were so many viral things happening. The a lot excitement. of people still talking about the yeah. magic. That was a tough night, but um, during the games, what what is it? What are some of the things that you guys like eating, snacking on during the game? Like, is there is there like a, a lucky snack that you go to? I could do some popcorn, 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 uh, and then yeah, traditional popcorn, butter popcorn, or I like I definitely love eating um chips and salsa, chips mm. and salsa, spicy so salsa with some popcorn, chips. chips and salsa, yeah, butter or no butter, butter of course, and there then I I probably throw the cheddar. You know the cheddar powder on it just to make it a little, you know, give they it a little. They sell cheddar, cheddar powder for for popcorn. Yeah, like when you go to the movie theater. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk to them. The, yeah, at the movie theater, I just didn't know that you could buy that cheddar like powder at the yeah, store. Yeah, that's cool. I think Publix sells it. Maybe I think what? so. Publix Bogo. shout out. That's um, actually where I got it at. For me, it's probably like chips and guacamole. Um, it's either that. <laughs> Or like the spicy nacho Doritos. Those spicy nacho Doritos are fresh bro. guac or pre-made guac, bro. We make everything in my house fresh guac. Okay. We got the cilantro, the lime, the onion. Man, you had to roll your R for that one. Cilantro. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Al? Uh, it's gotta be chips. Any kind of chips. Um, my favorite one lately has been pita chips with uh, buffalo chicken dip from Publix. Mm. That has been like my go-to thing lately. We got a healthy chip, damn, with you, a moderate kind of salsa. You got to balance it. You got to balance, balance it. You guys, you guys love going to, to Publix for all of your goods, huh? If we need some sponsorship, <laughs> Publix, you know, Publix bakery too, um, man. Here we go. There's really nothing better than after a back-to-back game, winning the first one, obviously. Again, the fifty percent <laughs> off Papa John's. Pizza for the game. Hey, I thought the question true. was a snack. That's, that's my <laughs> snack. It has a bad answer on all of us. <laughs> that's how Anthony does. Like, what's what's a how many slices can you eat where it's like considered a snack? Is one slice considered a snack? Two. So you so two you is, buy a two, Papa John's pizza, you eat one slice. Yeah, you do it once every time out <laughs> <laughs> with the garlic sauce. Don't with the garlic sauce. Yeah, the garlic sauce. Now, if it's thin crust, that's a snack. There you the go. The box see. is a snack. No, no, no. <laughs> For me, it's a snack. That's true. Wait, wait. So I, I, I have my, my snack size pizza, yeah, <laughs> right? Guys. With a side of popcorn and chips and salsa. What? It's not bad. Snack sides. That's a hell of a <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. Like, I, I might not understand what the word snack means after oh, this. Are we playing like the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? You, you bring up a really good point, though. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I need to limit my my pizza size for my snacks during the game. Yeah, like Totino pizza rolls. That's oh, a snack. there you go. That is a snack. A Papa John's um, pie unless, is not a snack unless you eat a whole entire box and it's not a snack. That's a good point. I'm, gu- I'm guilty of that. One, one slice is considered. <laughs> it's considered a snack, especially yeah. if you're right. If it's like the flat pizza and you cut up in squares and yeah, that's have a one snack. Square yeah, yeah, snack. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, don't judge me on what I consider <laughs> snack size. <laughs> All right, um, but so okay, so we have our snacks. But what are what are some game rituals? Is there like anything that you have to have with you while you watch the game? I gotta have Magic Twitter shut off. No, I'm just kidding. I love Magic Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> but is it is it because there's just so much like negativity around Evan Fournier? Is that why you shut it off? Um, yeah, but also I. I Initially, I started listening or having it on while I was watching the games, but I realized that whenever I was on Twitter while watching the games, it kind of dictated how I looked at the game more so than how the game was actually being played out. Uh, so I just made it a ritual to not really look at Twitter until the game is over. I find it hard to multitask because I feel like the times I have, I've tried to be active during the game, I end up missing like a play and I have to rewind it and then yeah. it, it just kind of messes up with the, the flow. Damn, of the game you have the luxury me. of DVR. We... we <laughs> we I'm don't have that at my house. <laughs> I'll just what you're gonna do is go on Twitter. That's what I do. Timeout and halftime. Um, that's it. So that's, you're, you're still engaged good. with the, with the. That's good the Twitter parents. advice. There yeah. You go. Um, I don't really have one that I can think of, but if I had to choose one, it would just be like I just said. I just I've, I've been trying to get away from having either Instagram or Twitter dictate how I look at the game or what right. players are doing well or not. So I've been trying to stay away from social media. In past years, I would be nonstop on social media watching the games, replying to comments, uh, adding right. my own thoughts. Um, so I don't really have one that I personally do. For playoff games, though, I'll be decked out in Magic Gear. I'll wear a hat, mm. my shirt, oh, yeah. uh, my jerseys. Um, usually go to a bar with some friends, watch a game, but um, regular season games? No, if it's the playoffs, yeah. I go to my pop's house. He's wearing his Magic stuff. I'm wearing mine. Yeah. You know, just super excited. Spending it with family, we're all Magic fans, so it works. So the way the way my living room is set up, I got my TV and I got two lamps, one on the left, one on the right, and I have uh, hue lights, so I'm able to adjust the the color of mm-hmm. the lights. So every single Magic game, I have like the the blue light, so it kind of gives me the, the Orlando Magic vibe all around in there. I like that. Oh, wait, time out. Not not orange for the awesome podcast to be there so, with you. In no, spirit. no, no. So when we wear orange, I put in orange. Look at so that. he has hue lights. He got DVR. This Justin guy's the same. Um, he lives. It was it's a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> like, the lights weren't that expensive. <laughs> I think it was worth the buy though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it's not. Um, I, I found that it's not lucky because. You know, it's doesn't really work. Yeah, no, especially <laughs> for this road trip. Yeah, I love to have an ice cold drink watching a game and just snacking on something. For me, it's not really a out of the ordinary ritual, but just snacking and just drinking something cold. Honestly, so nobody does anything like for luck. No, um, I used no to rabbit's have foot. No mismatched so socks. No, but I used to own Magic socks. I still own them, uh, but I would wear them during the games. Uh, but you know, we would lose, so I stopped wearing them. <laughs> My my dog has uh, I got I got a one year old English bulldog and his ritual is swallowing my Orlando Magic socks. So none of my none of my none of my Orlando Magic socks match because there's like uh, yeah. there's always that missing. So I unintentionally wear unmatched socks during the games. 
But let's jump into the numbers. So current record, we are 20 and 23. So three games shy of 500. Seeing the East, we are currently seventh offensively points per game, 103.7, which has us 30th in the league. Three-point percentage, 33.3, puts us at 27th. Offensive rating, 104.9, which has us at 26th. And then when we talk about what we're really actually good at, points allowed, 104.4. Defensively, has us in first. Blocks, uh, we're averaging six blocks a game, which has us fifth. Defensive rating, 105.9, which holds us at seventh in the league. Now, looking into the weekend review, on Monday we played against the Sacramento Kings. This was a win, 114-112. to 112. This was a game that the Magic pulled off. You know, a thrilling win, thanks to a late basket by Aaron Gordon, who secured the win for us. Magic were led by Vucevic with 26 points and 15 rebounds, and Fournier scored 25. Gordon added 19 points. So this was a game that, you know, we really came strong offensively, scoring over 100, and then we had a lot of players that contributed. Wednesday, we played against the Los Angeles Lakers. This that one was, was a, a field. This game. was a feel good win. Yes. 119 to 118, which we really won more by a point. That was just a at the end win by, um, or added points by Quinn Cook, kind of three at the end. But we really won, I would like to say, a lot more than that, like three, four points. But, anyways, without a doubt, by far the best win of the season. This was a really enjoyable game for me. The Magic, when, when you consider the different type of circumstances that the Magic had in terms of challenges. Markel Fultz played his by far best game of the season, getting a triple-double in the process. Finishing finishing the game, he had 21 points, 11 rebounds, 10 assists, including the last four points in the game to secure the win. So he really took the ball in his hands and, and kind of sealed the win for us. This was a game uh, full of highlights. Uh, the Magic were everywhere, virally, not just from Markel Fultz, but also from Gordon. He had two really major top 10 sports center type plays. Sick dunks. You know, really good contributions from B.J. Johnson. And if you remember, this was a game that um, Coach Cliff said in the beginning that it's going to be a, a point guard by committee mm-hmm. um, because this game, DJ Augustine was out, MCW was out and whatnot. And Fournier was out as well. And Fournier was out, yep. Thursday, we played against the Los Angeles Clippers. Lost, this was our back-to-back in L.A., 122-95. to um, Not so good. Not not so good. You know, what's crazy is I can't remember the last time that we played a back-to-back in the same arena. Mm. That, that kind of stood out to me, the fact that we played against the Lakers. You would think that would be an advantage, Clippers. right? You don't have to travel anywhere. You would stay think. I, I, in the same I hotel so room. For sure. Um, but this was a game that we, you know, we we got a buzz kick straight up. Vucevic led the way with 22 points and nine rebounds, and Gornet added 20 points. But this was like from beginning to end, the Clippers just tore that us up. And this was without Paul George. This was Kawhi Leonard and, and um, you know, the rest of the Clippers. Saturday, we played against Golden State. This was last night. Lost 109 to 95. This was a game that MTW um, was activated as well as Evan Fournier. But the Magic started the game with a 12 and 0 lead straight out of the jump, but they couldn't hold on to it and had to play catch up the majority of the game from there. The Magic found a way to come back and take a one point lead with four minutes left in the game, but it was a disaster from there. Warriors took control of the game and D'Lo helped put it away. Tough loss considering how well we had been playing during the West Coast road trip. The good, Mark Hill had another really strong performance with 23 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, and including a really, really sick facial dunk. Nasty dunk. Another sports center moment. So I I guess you can kind of, at the very least, you know, the magic were going to be put in the media because we had a lot of highlights and a lot of different things that did go virally. But what are some of the things that stood out to you? What did you like? What didn't you like? Uh, so, so for me, that Lakers game was 
man, that was one of the best games I've seen the Magic play since I've watched the Magic. Uh, coincidentally, Fournier didn't Not play. Coincidentally, D- oh, <laughs> DJ was the reason. DJ didn't play. Uh, the ball movement was insane. The pace was insane. Markel showed, you know, a glimpse of what a future with Markel as our, our you know, starting point guard could be. Uh, he was unstoppable, man. His his movement, uh, his agility is insane. His court vision was on full display. It was it was a really really great game. Uh, also. I feel like we lost to the Clippers because that game against the Lakers was so emotional. It was, yeah. Uh, and it was exhausting. Markel it got that game winner for us, right, where he kind of like faked out LeBron and came under with the layup and running back half court fell over. And I was like, oh, my God, please tell me Markel's not injured. And it was a cramp. Yeah. But that was that was reflective of, you know, how hard they had to fight for that win. Uh, and it was it was great to see just because the Magic, one of the criticisms is that they're not a team that necessarily fights as hard as they could all the time. And they just they put everything out on there for that for that win. It was beautiful to see. Yeah, that Lakers game was everything for me. Um, we, we all know Mark Hills had a few games where he's kind of stood out. I believe that game was his statement game. Why? Because everybody Twitter exploded. ESPN was talking about this guy. T-Mac was talking about him. About wow, this guy is for real. This guy's back. Really gave him up too early, you know. That was a statement game. That was more like, all right, guys, this is this is my opportunity. This was I showed you guys. I'm not going anywhere. Um, he he silenced, he silenced a lot of the haters. Yeah, that me. that was um sure. that was a, the game that you know afterwards when Markel was being interviewed. That's when the Aaron Gordon, uh, DJ Augustine, I think it was Wesley Wesley Wando was no Mo Bamba that they took some water and they kind of threw it. Over. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> and you know he had mentioned uh, to a reporter that he was going to take the jersey that he wore and and hang it up, and he yep. was really proud of his performance of the game. So I thought that was right. a really big. No, game. he deserved it. I mean, like I said, that Lakers game was everything that week. Unfortunately for me, I'm kind of looking at it on the negative side. So that game was everything. We, we all talked about it. Like Anthony said, I couldn't go to sleep until like 2 in the morning that day. Like I was so excited tweeting and, and mm-hmm. doing things. But the biggest thing for me was the Kings game. Uh, I think that was crucial that we won that game. We could have easily have only won the Lakers game, and that's it, in this road trip. The Kings fought hard. They almost stole that win from us. Uh, we found a way to win that game thanks to Aaron Gordon. Even though that play didn't look uh, very uh, drawn up, the way he ended up playing out. That's uh, typical him, magic, though. Yeah. Him getting that <laughs> basket at the end was crucial. Um, and unfortunately, the game against the Warriors. I mean, for me, I don't, I don't care. It happened. Uh, it kind of washed off the win against the Lakers, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I expected us to have a 500, 500 record in this road trip. If we beat Charlotte on Monday, tomorrow, we'll be able to actually uh, be a 500. So... The way things played out, it's the way I expected it. And this road trip could have been a lot better, you know. Oh my god! If we would have beat Phoenix, the teams we were supposed to be, we would have beat Phoenix. We would have been Warriors, beat Warriors. I mean, this road trip would have been nice. We got a home, we got the road trip finale, Hornets. That's yeah. another winnable game. But it these is. are these type of games that Magic just decide to lose. Yeah, I think down the stretch, uh, the Magic. I when I when I watched the because there was a point during the Lakers game where the Lakers fought back, right. Uh, what is it? Quinn Cook hit a massive oh, three. Troy Daniels. Uh, Daniels. Tri- yes, and I was like, oh up. my god! You know, we played so well the whole game. Uh, we lost leads, but we built the leads back up. And when I saw that, I was like, man, the Lakers are gonna take this one. Uh, but I, I do have to shout out Aaron Gordon. 
Uh, not to you know talk your ear off about that Lakers game, but Aaron Gordon was phenomenal defensively. He was offensively. He his awareness was was spot on. Uh, he just you know played really well that game. This past week has to be by far the most Orlando Magic uh, results ever, right? Because you look at um, a win against Sacramento. That was a game winner by Aaron Gordon. You have with the assist, the game winning assist by Evan Fournier. I'm just saying, it, you have oh, to paint the man. full picture. You have to paint the full <laughs> so picture. We'll, we'll add that in the asterisk. Yes, right? yes. You got a win against the the Lakers. That I mean, collectively, we can agree that that was a surprise, right? Yes. You also have a loss against the Clippers, which is what I was expecting, and then a loss against Golden State, who didn't have Draymond Green, and they were led by D'Angelo Russell and Jordan Poole. And add to that, mm-hmm. a loss against. Phoenix Suns, and then we had that Phoenix game, Suns. and then we blew it. So it, it goes back to there's there's sometimes that I listen to the media and what they have to say again, uh, about the Magic, and you know the fan in me wants to be like, man, they don't know what they're talking about, they don't watch the Magic, and then the realist of me says, yeah, man, they're they're spot on. Maybe we are the most mediocre team in the NBA. Mm. Maybe we are destined to be the seventh seed, mm. and. For me, it highlighted the fact that changes need to be made. I think that, you know, there were there were reports from Steve Kyler that we talked about, we touched on last podcast, that the, the front office were going to take a look at this road trip and then make their decision, mm-hmm. right, based on that, whether or not they should, you know, blow it up. And I think that this highlighted exactly the the pros and, and the cons. And I honestly think that Evan Fournier is in the middle of that. I know, Justin, you're not going to like it, but Let's we, we really notice the difference. And you can really tell. You remove Nikola Vucevic from the roster, and we move a lot faster, right? You remove a player like Evan Fournier, and the ball moves a lot faster. There's way more um, team ball. And I think from we can all agree on that that Lakers game, man, if, if we can play at least, and granted, you know, it's a very small sample size. But if we can play that level of basketball where Aaron Gordon is way more aggressive, Aaron Gordon isn't necessarily um, staying off to mm-hmm. settling to the jump shots in the corner. Markel Fultz is kind of leading the offense in terms of who gets the ball, being put, putting people in the, in the right position. Right. I think you have a way more entertaining basketball to where, because at the end of the day, if we're a seventh seed team, then okay. If we're if we're playing at our best and we're we're going out there and we're forcing people to respect us, then that that is a team that I'm I'm proud of. Right now, it's it's that's not the case. So so two things about what you said. I do not bring up Evan Fournier no. first. <laughs> if it's two things, He's don't let it be the there. first. So so two things. The whole argument that the Magic are mediocre um, in every statistical category that you can mention, except defense, except defensive categories, of course, is a valid argument, uh, but I think that's what makes us dangerous, right? Because <clears throat> while we are average, when you take a team that is traditionally average, right, and they come in at a seventh seed, and you play someone who's not necessarily as dominant as the Bucks, right? So say you play the Heat or Philly or Boston, I think that mediocre aspect of us makes us a threat uh, because it allows us to play up to our competition. Uh, so we do have... You know, if you're if you're average, that means 25% of the time you play above average, 25% of the time you play below average, but 50% of the time you're at the baseline, right? So I think that makes us a threat 
um, in the playoffs, not necessarily title contenders, but where we could upset, you know, a higher seed in the first round. That's the first thing. Uh, second thing, with the whole Evan Fournier argument, I agree with you. I do agree that when Evan is on the court, the ball moves slower. When Vooch is on the court, the pace of the team is slower. But uh, during that Lakers game, for example, we saw that when Markel has the ball in his hands and he can control the pace, he's really good, right? And he makes those around him that much better. He kind of negates a lot of, for example, Aaron Gordon's uh, weaknesses, right? And I think the same could be said for Evan. I think if the front office and the coaching staff had a conversation with Evan uh, and explained, Mark Keller's our primary ball handler now, right? You're not going to bring the ball up the court. You're not going to over dribble. Markel's going to worry about putting you in those positions to play well. I think Evan could still benefit this team because he is a scorer. That is Evan's, you know, like his best trait. Uh, so I think allowing Markel to handle the ball more, more often uh, and just put him in places to score where he can catch and shoot more like a Terrence Ross role. I think uh, Evan could. Doesn't could it still worry you that Coach Clifford maybe hasn't noticed that yet? That Mark Hell should be the guy being the primary ball. Does handler? he notice it? You you would you have to imagine that he does. You have to you have to it, question it. You know what I think the issue to. is? It's the way that the office was drawn up all through training camp, the off season, and you, we all saw what Fournier looked like with France, right? And FIBA Fournier, we called it, right? Mm-hmm. It was him running the pick and roll time and time again with um, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert, right? So you would think that would translate to the NBA. And that's kind of what the Magic kind of started doing this season is let's put Fournier in a pick and roll scenario. The only issue that I have with that is is that it's always with Vucevic. Mm -hmm. I feel like if that pick and roll is ran with Aaron Gordon instead, it'll be more successful because Gordon Mm -hmm. can can cut to the basket faster. There could be an alley-oop opportunity. And Fournier can be, uh, I'm sorry, Vucevic can be on the other side getting open for a three-point shot, let's say. But that offense just becomes stagnant when you do that time and time and time again. And when the Magic are not doing well, your listeners can do the same thing. Watch for it. When the Magic are starting to lose leads, when the Magic are not playing well, that is our go-to offense. It's Mm -hmm. give it to Fournier and run a pick and roll. The thing is, nothing's going to happen. The defense knows what's coming. It's going to be go to Butch or some random four shot. That's my concern. And again, to me, it should be give it to faults Mark and give Hill. it to someone else that can run the offense better have Fournier have Ross in the corners Pooch as well great to shoot but do you do you do you think that because Markel is just now taken off right things will change Markel kind of had to prove that number one he could be a primary he's scoring your point option. guard at the end of the day right but you don't want to you're not going to give the ball you're not going to take the ball from a guy who's been a consistent scorer for you and give it to a guy who hasn't proven himself yet and is playing 22 well, me, minutes a game. Let me ask this. Can anyone in this room realize the last time that Fournier, as a ball handler, succeeded in the NBA? Back to when he was first drafted. When was he successful being the ball handler? We've never been successful with them in Fournier. When has he been successful? When has Fournier been, you know, a leader, a, a, an offense starter, leading the offense? Wait, so, so Evan didn't do that? The first 20 games of the season? I wouldn't think that he created the offense, though. He was him making shots, and that's different. Any NBA player, in my opinion, can get hot for 10 games, 20 games, and be, you know, James Harden-like if they're on a hot streak. Our players pay better I'm, when faults, the balls and faults. But I'm talking yes. about just Fournier's career. Like, let's, let's really take a look at the last seven years of Fournier's career. When has he been successful 
leading the offense. I feel like, to be fair, he's never had to uh, because well, as much as as much as we want to hate on, for example, Alfred Payton, yeah. right? Alfred Payton still ran the offense. Yep. DJ Augustine still ran the offense. Yes. So f- during his time um, in Orlando, he's never had to be that guy. With DJ Augustine being injured, with the injuries that happened to this team, and Markel Fultz not, if you want to call it, arriving, uh, Markel having not arrived yet, it made Evan have to be that that option. Uh, I don't want to say he's he was a, a terrible uh, playmaker or creator for others because I think his playmaking ability and his scoring ability kept us afloat when we probably should have lost more games than we did lose. Yeah. Uh, you know. So. so that's my point. Is that that's where a coach's job should be. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, this guy's been in the NBA seven seasons. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he can initiate offense. Maybe he can. But he shouldn't be your primary go-to mm-hmm. when the team is struggling. Right, yeah. but who else would have done the job? Markel just won us two games in the last month right. by himself. Actually, three. Go back to December against the, against the Wizards at home where he had the ball in his hands and either a basket happened, a foul happened, or he found the open shooter. But the season started in October. No, that's fine. But I'm saying since he started being trusted with the ball. Markel at the beginning was not trusted with the ball late in the game. It was always in Fournier's hand, in Gordon's hand. Since we said, hey, Fultz, go out there and run the offense. The one thing I will say about Fultz, the one mistake he made, once against Phoenix, where he went to the basket, chose to pass it back. Mm-hmm. But that's that will it. happen. But one mistake, he's won us three games like single-handedly. He made one mistake. That's three in one chances. I'll take that those odds any day. So that's my issue. It's not, it's not Fournier. It's our coaching staff not realizing we're using a guy incorrectly. Mm-hmm. Same with Gordon. One has Gordon being a playmaker. Same with Gordon, yeah. No, he's not. It's utilize those guys to their potential. We're not doing that right now. So how how hard does that make it make the decision for the front office? I feel like the general census was in the beginning of the season is we need to trade Evan Fournier. Then it turned into Aaron Gordon isn't a fit. And then Aaron Gordon wins the game for us in Sacramento. He comes out and balls out against the Lakers. And now it kind of feels like it's turning into, okay, maybe it's not Aaron Gordon. Maybe Markel Fultz and Aaron Gordon could work without Evan Fournier, and now it's kind of back to wanting to move and trade Aaron, Evan Fournier. So to answer your question, I feel like they're both an issue, depending who's on the court. Um, if you notice, Gordon has been playing better lately since Isaac went down. But when Isaac was with the team, Gordon was not looking like this. You see, I, I kind of I agree with you, but then I, I simultaneously disagree because I feel like the issue is us. I feel like as fans and as people who watch the game, we're the issue because we're prisoners of the moment. We don't we don't fully analyze someone's career or or someone's season. We go based on what's happening in the moment, right? Because the narrative for the first three, four, five weeks of the season was Aaron Gordon's offense was supposed to catch up to his defense. That hasn't happened. Aaron Gordon has to go. And like you said, he has a game-winning shot in Sacramento. He balls out in L.A. All of a sudden, it's like, Oh, AG's not the problem. AG could score. Evan was balling out of his mind when the season started, right? Well, I, Evan is not the problem. Evan could be an all-star, right? All of a sudden, Evan has a couple bad games. Oh, he's not dropping 20 anymore. He's not dropping 22. Oh, he sucks now. So I, I, think, I think if we analyze these players' games effectively, we would see that, yeah, Aaron Gordon balled out for two, three games this road trip. 
But overall, what his career has, what has his career been? Not only that, but what he threw last night. 11 points, two rebounds, two assists. Yeah, so I think, so I think there, there has to be a level of realism, right? And pragmat- like you have to be pragmatic when you look at these things. There's certain players that play well under certain circumstances. Nothing in the NBA is forever. And that's why the GMs in the front office have some of the hardest jobs that there are to do. Because you have to determine... What is long-term? What is not long-term? Is he going to produce for us long-term? Is he a fan favorite? You have to balance all of these questions and make a decision in regards to that. And you saw, like, Victor Oladipo, right? We made the wrong call on him. Tobias Harris, we made the wrong call. Is that because we were prisoners of the moment? Is that because we were desperate? Is that because the fan base wanted it? Like, there's so many different factors that play into these decisions being made. It's... It's difficult to, to decide. But I will say one thing, and you guys can all give your opinion on this. Can we agree that, like we've been saying, the three amigos, that's got to be split up? That Fournier, Vooch, Gordon. If we're thinking about our young players' potential, if you're thinking about Isaac's potential, if you're thinking about Fultz's potential, if you're thinking about is Fournier's you know, role on this team going to affect Fultz long term ahead? Is Jonathan Isaac playing next to Gordon? Is that going to affect his growth? Because when Gordon was down a little bit, Jonathan Isaac was balling out his mind. Yep. I think the expectations have changed so much within the last five years. We've tried the Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic for so long that we just now started seeing the fruits of it last season. Making the playoffs was such a big deal. Nikola Vucevic being an all-star was such a big deal. And it's like we changed from us thinking draft, draft lottery to, oh, we can actually make the playoffs. Oh, we beat Toronto in the first game in Toronto. Wow, we can actually do damage in the playoffs. So now it's kind of, we were all expecting in the beginning of the season that, okay, we're a lot better team than than the seventh seed. We should be more of a fifth, sixth seed. So our, our expectations of the team is so much higher now because we're not at the bottom level of the East. We're actually a team that can compete. So do you make the decision of, okay, let's split up the three and take the risk of not being as good, or do we still continue to do the exact same thing, getting the exact same result? You see, so the argument that I just made about the uh, the argument that I just made about the prisoner in the moment. The prisoner, yeah, of the of the moment is something that I'm guilty of too. Cause right now what I'm thinking is Markel Fultz is is emerging, right? He's playing better. He's taking command of the offense. We have not seen these three guys play on a team with an elite level point guard, right? And I'm not saying Markel is elite yet, but he has the skill set that could make him an elite point guard. We would all agree on that, right? Yep. So is it is it early? Is it early? Do do we have to make those trades? Do we ride out the season with the team we have? Let let's see how Markel can balance these three guys on uh, in a starting lineup. I mean, it's possible. It, uh, what I will say is that with a with a elite level point guard, right? With air quotes, because again, he's not elite yet. But with an elite level point guard, you can make magic. No pun intended. You can make magic out of lineups. So it'll be interesting to see. A trade has to happen. I'm not saying a big trade. I'm not saying blow it up, but some change needs to happen. Why? Stagnation. I believe that in some level, there has to be a change. New blood needs to be incorporated. I'm not talking Markel Fultz. I'm not talking about... And and granted, a lot of this could stem from the fact that we are struggling because of our injuries. It, It could really be just that. 
because we did incorporate a lot of new players. Aminu, Faults, the Jonathan Isaac playing the level that he's playing where he's commanding the ball a little bit more than he did last season. Mm -hmm. And this team really didn't get the opportunity to really gel the way they wanted to. Uh, Coach Clifford was still in the beginning really struggling. He still is struggling with the rotation. Yeah. And we didn't have MCW for a big portion. We're just now getting him back. So I, I do believe that a change is necessary. I just don't know really the direction. There's no say of what direction the front office can go because there's so many possibilities and so many options. But let's get into the juice. So Magic recently just made some roster changes. So last week we had spoke that Josh Majay, he just signed a 10-day contract with the Magic. We waive Josh Majet so that we can sign Gary Clark from Houston, who was just recently waived. Gary Clark, ironically, also wears number 12. Now, our injury bug still continues. DJ Augustine is out due to his knee injury, who will be reevaluated in about three to four weeks. So we had a couple games that we were point guard by committee. MCW returns from injury playing last night against the Warriors, who is now playing the position that we originally signed him for to back up our primary point guard. So he's not playing right. wing. He's backing up the point guard. How do you guys feel about the roster changes? So I feel, I feel good. I feel good. What I what I've seen from Gary Clark uh, initially has been impressive. Uh, to be with the team for a day, go through one practice and a shoot around in the morning, and come out and drop double figures. You know, it it's something that was impressive to me. His effort was was good. Uh, like I was letting you guys know before we started recording, he's not the most most athletic guy, the most agile guy. Uh, but he gets the job done. And I think that's something that, you know, the the magic need. Uh, we see that in MCW. MCW is not the highest caliber point guard, but his effort is there. His hustle is there. And it makes up uh, for, you know, that lack of athleticism or agility. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited about those moves. He was he was active and he was not afraid to sling it. Like, yeah, he went in the game and just. First shot was a three-pointer. Absolutely. Crazy. And it's it's funny because I was reading an article from uh, Mike D'Antoni, and he said to himself that he, not that he was disappointed in, in losing Gary, but he really liked him as a player. Right. And he understands that the front office, they have to make certain moves. And, you know, he said that it is Gary that, you know, was, was on the team, but um, they didn't want to lose him. And it's funny because CP3 also went on social media and he was ruined. He was rooting for Gary. So he is a player that was really liked by his teammates, really liked by his coach. And it it makes sense that the Magic wanted to take advantage of getting a player that can contribute. And he really showed that he was able to do that, not only to a new team, but doing it to a new team that's playing on one of the biggest stages in the NBA right. in L.A. Sort of against LeBron and Staples Center. And honestly, in Houston, outside of Russ, James, and P.J., is anybody really getting playing time? Right, Austin Rivers. There's no room for anyone else to play on that team. Yeah, so. and for, for Houston, it was strictly a, a money move. They wanted to save on, on luxury tax, so that's right. why they cut him. Uh, we're glad to have him. I don't know about you guys, but he reminds me a little bit of um, Amino. He has yeah, the length, the, the, the arms are long. He shoots the three. He plays good defense. He hustles. So it kind of reminds I think me of him. A little more agile than Gary Clark for sure. Yeah, uh, and I think I, I, we haven't really seen plays where. Gary Clark gets out in the open court. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Aminu, in my opinion, is a little more athletic. Yeah. But I do see some of those similar Yeah, traits. he blocks shots, rebounds yeah, well. Yeah, a few 
Q yeah. uh, rebounds at the end of the fourth quarter. He did. That was I, I thought it was big time for us to yeah. grab. But from this week's those. news, I mean, the biggest thing for me, as we all know, is T.J. Augustine going down now for three to four weeks at least. Um, that's that hurts, man. I, I don't mean, think we expected that. Not that I don't mind him playing against W. I trust him running the, the, the backup point guard position, but just offense. We already mm-hmm. are bad as it is in offense. We need sh- three-point shooting. Losing him is, is tough. And we have some tough games coming up over the next couple of weeks before the deadline. Um, and also, we're about to talk about trades in a few minutes, but think about the value he had. And he's an expiring contract, too. We could have flipped him for something decent. Now this gets in the way of that, too. That's what we're, we're about to talk about trades in a few minutes here, but... It hurts. It hurts the team in many aspects, on the court and potentially thinking about longer term. Let's talk trade. Early in the week, I submitted something on Instagram, Orlando Magic HQ, for questions to come in in regards to the trade deadline. And we received a lot of entries, so we're going to go over a couple of them. Very first one. This comes from Bo underscore Sammy Oglu. With Jonathan Isaac being out for the rest of the season, does that ensure that AG will not be traded? Yes. No. I don't think so. I don't. I. I think still it's fair game Mark, for is he everyone. Thinking? Mark, talk to me. Except the main ones. So we got two no's and one yes. What do you think? Yes, we're already weak Damn, at the tied. forward position. We can't afford to lose another forward. That's the thing. If we had a mean ready trade. to go, maybe. Yeah, and if, it'll be and more if, easy to. Pull and if that we trigger. trade for another forward, we don't need one though. We need a guard because then if we have another forward come in, what does Isaac play next year? Forward. We have twenty four. That's the issue. That's why you would only trade Gordon. Jonathan Isaac plays at three, and we all and we Gordon all seen Isaac really play though. with uh, Gordon out, man. Not really though. I say I, Isaac flourishes once Gordon's out. Oh, his for way. sure. Yeah, I I agree. So I, that I think needs to happen. <laughs> so you agree or disagree? <laughs> no, I agree with Mark that yeah. that Ji thrives when Ag's not He's there. He's proven that. So I think I think that there will be a trade. I think Ag will be moved by uh, February. Yeah, I think the better I think the better AG plays, like for example, the, the Lakers game, yeah. the the win against Sacramento, the more exposure he has in the national like realm of things, Valid. the more likely it is he gets trade traded. I I speak so a lot of my family and and friends live in Brooklyn, right? And I I talk to them about basketball, and all of them say the same thing. Oh, you guys got Aaron Gordon, and I'm like. They they came to visit. We were at we were at a restaurant. I was like, you can have Aaron Gordon. They were like, are you crazy? Aaron Gordon is so athletic, so talented. So the, the again, the more exposure highlights. he has, because people go based on highlights. The more exposure Showtime. he has, the more likely it is, in my opinion, yeah. that he gets traded. The only thing with that is, uh, again, we have nobody to play the four spot. And I think my personal opinion is, if you trade Gordon it would be to open up the doors for Isaac to play the four position and to really just take over that role. Gary Clark. Okay. That's a backup. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> but we know we're making the playoffs. I don't think nobody thinks that we're not making the playoffs this year. That's that's a lockdown unless some collapse happens here or in the last 39 games. So my thing is, it was setting up to be a point where Gordon was going to be gone this year. But once Isaac went down with that injury... All that went away. Less likely to happen. Yeah. I, think, I think that's what makes it so good that the Magic do focus on versatile players. That you can really plug in, not that we want to, but you can plug in Aaron Gordon at the three or four. He's obviously a better four. But isn't that what they've been doing? They have been. But Jonathan Isaac, same thing. We play him at the three, but he can't play the four, mm-hmm. right? So do I, do I think that 
we should trade AG? I don't think that we should trade AG. Is yeah. he still on the table even with Jonathan Isaac being out? I believe so because he is – if you look at the pool of assets that we have to really make a big move and a big splash, you're more likely to get more in return for Aaron Gordon than you would True. with Evan Fournier. True. So I have a, I have a question. What about, and this is kind of what I thought was going to happen earlier in the season, and it hasn't. What if we play Mo at the four and Birch at the five? I know it sounds crazy initially, right? Because you think of Mo Bamba, you think of his length and his size. And Mo moves better than Birch does. Mo can shoot the three better than Birch does. Birch is more physical than Mo, grabs down rebounds at a pretty good clip, right? So, in my opinion, I think, and and obviously Mo's height is going to be beneficial at the four, but his size is going to be a problem, like his weight, because we saw, for example, AG lock down LeBron, right? And lock down in loose terms, because LeBron's still going to give you <laughs> 20 points, even on a good night, right? But I, I, I genuinely feel like if Mo Bamba put on a little more weight, he'd just be a really tall four. I don't think he has the, the assets to play the five in the NBA. It's too physical. And Birch embraces the physicality of the five spot. So if we traded AG, I'd be comfortable. We we would have we would have a, a scoring option in Mo because he's proven he could shoot it, right? And he would play a a less physical defense. You know, he would play with a less physical defender on him. I agree with that. Um, playing Bamba at the four, I'm, I'm not opposed to that idea at all. Um, it's like you said, he's able to shoot. He's less physical. Keep him away from the paint. Give him some time. Maybe play at the four position for another year or two. And if he gains weight and if he's less scared of the physicality of the NBA, then move him to the five. Um, that, that's not a bad idea, Justin. I actually like that. that was, we tried that last year of, uh, in spurts, uh, but then again, I don't know why Clifford went away from it, especially now that we're so short. Uh, uh, we don't have the players right now to play the four spot. Why not try that? Put Vooch and him together, Burt and him together. Give it a try. We haven't seen it so far. But or it also depends on who you trade for. So this next one comes from Bend, a Magic fan on Instagram. This one's interesting. I, I don't know if this would necessarily work through the trade machine because I haven't plugged it in, but the idea of it is interesting. So Evan and a first for Andrew Wiggins. So this is, this is interesting because um, let's say that's not Evan. Let's say that's Aaron Gordon, right? You would have Jonathan Isaac play the four and then Andrew Wiggins play the three. Yeah. If you really think about Andrew Wiggins, he is a magic type player. Good character, can't play, can't handle the ball. He can score. You can really put him, I'm not sure if he has, but I can see him as a player that you can put two through four. He's, a really, much, yeah. he's a really big player, yeah. has length. Um, what do you think? I'm not with it. Uh, ever since he came out of high school, came out of college, there was too much hype surrounded up. Uh, he was expected to be the next the LeBron next James. LeBron, the second yeah. coming, right? Um, he's not an efficient player to me. I, he is this you, season. This season, he's playing better, you know. He um, reminds I've me always of, said Zach Levine was a better player than him. Oh, yeah. He reminds me of Harrison Barnes. Like that same type of body build. Harrison Barnes? Which is yeah. a more athletic version of him, you know? Yeah, and I guess he scores a little better. But I'm saying in the sense that he disappears on the court. Like, he has a talent. He's going to have a game where he drops 23, 24, but then he's going to have a game where he's he's, he's quite. Yeah, I don't know. He's going to so, score five, six. So I, I, I plugged it into the trade machine while you guys were talking just to see. So Evan in a first, 
won't get us uh, Andrew Wiggins. I, there, there's too much money differential there. Uh, he's getting paid twenty-seven and a half million a, a year. And is he worth bringing in for that? And but but uh, what I what I found was so if you do for example Evan and a first, and you add DJ, who's an expiring contract, so Minnesota might be interested in that because it relieves them, you know, yeah. of some type of, of money. Uh, you, you could get Andrew Wiggins. So we'd get Andrew Wiggins. They get Evan DJ in a first. Is that is the price? Is the price too high? Andrew Wiggins right now is what averaging twenty two point six points per game, uh, about a block per game, four assists. I mean, what six, eight rebounds? He's also six foot eight, twenty four years old with a seven foot wingspan. Man, Orlando Magic 20, got all he's over 24 that. Twenty four years old. Man. And I feel it's crazy that he's 24. And the same situation with Aaron Gordon because there's this narrative about Andrew Wiggins, right? And that is going to deter a lot of teams from maybe pursuing him because the narrative is that, like you said, he fades away. He's not one of those guys who can kind of take over. Or maybe some guys just need a change of scenery too, if you think about it. He is a player that would benefit from a change of scenery. Yeah. And you put him around players like Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, that, I mean – just from an outsider, kind of look like as if they're in the same realm in in headspace where they're still trying to figure everything out. Young more guys, so than yeah. a player that's really outspoken and it's kind of a kind of a baby in essence in Carl Anthony Towns. I'm not a Carl Anthony Towns fan by any sense of the word, not even by a little bit. And you can tell that his frustrations could fall under Andrew because Andrew Wiggins his his downfall is that he. He's been. It's been said that he doesn't have really that that type of motor. That he's very, he's yeah. lazy in yeah. sense. And could that be the case? Would you Would you be more inclined to trade AG yes. a first and DJ for Andrew Wiggins so, and maintain? As you guys are talking, I'm thinking of that. It makes more sense because and now it works. Isaac comes back next year. Now, what do you do with all those big bodies? Again, we're yeah. stuck. So, if you trade AG instead. Now that clears out the deck completely. Now you have Vooch, Isaac, uh, Wiggins, Fournier, Fournier still and here, Markel. and Markel. That's a twenty-four that's a nice years old. He that's he not, fits the timeline with J.I. Markel too. His his he hasn't even touched his prime since you have it up, Justin. What is what is Andrew Wiggins' contract? So he's looking at. Twenty-seven and a half million a year for four years. Now is he worth that? That so that's that's really the that's only maybe question. the downside because that maybe. that is a lot of money. But that's put in perspective. But, that is about twelve million dollars less than D'Lo makes. Just as a comparison of right. contracts. So, so the the real question is in regards to this scenario: Is he worth? One, is he worth that type of money? And two, if he's not worth that type of money, what player is out there that could produce offensively, fits the criteria? So, a player that you think could gel well with the team. That you would pay that money. I would. For. I would take it. Honestly, I. I would take it. I think that he would fit this offense. He's another young, athletic guy who can run. Who's going to benefit our pace? Uh, he could shoot it. He could. You know, he has decent handles enough to definitely create his own shot. Uh, he's athletic as hell. He's so, agile. That's, so the that's trade. A guy I the trade proposal is DJ Augustine, uh, first round pick, Aaron Gordon. For Andrew Wiggins, then you have a lineup of Markel Fultz, Evan Fournier, Andrew, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins, Jonathan Isaac, and Nikola and Vucevic. Vucevic. Yeah. Is is that team a team that could push us in the four to six round? Yes, 
I think so. If you insert instead of Wiggins, you put Zach Levine in there. <laughs> put a guy like Zach Levine. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really like. I like Zach Levine if we're not paying crazy money for him. Right? He's he would replace the contract of an Aaron Gordon. But is he a player that I think can propel this team to? Because the ultimate goal isn't to be four and six. The ultimate goal is to be a top team in the East right. and be able to really fight down the stretch in the playoffs. I think is with Andrew Wiggins, we that? could we could definitely make a push. Honestly, because oh. I I think his offense. Think about it, Aaron Gordon right now, and we we could look at the the exact numbers. But Aaron Gordon, I mean Andrew Wiggins is averaging what I said twenty two. Points, 22 and a half points per game right now. That's a huge jump. That's a huge jump. And you know why I think that it might interest Minnesota? The fact that DJ Augustine's contract is expiring, so they get a little more cap flexibility. Aaron Gordon is still a player that can contribute. He's playing, he's already played with a big center that can score offensively. Not saying that, you know, Vooch is anything like Carl Anthony Towns, but they're comparable in their own regards in terms of a type of player. So it and a future first, I mean, that sounds like something that if I'm a Minnesota fan, I would at least be intrigued for it. It sounds like something that um, would sound like a fair trade. For, for they don't even have a point guard right now either. They just got rid of Jeff Teague. So that's, that's, that's during DJ and there is actually intriguing on their part as well. And also... Just for comparison purposes, twenty two and a half points. Andrew Wiggins, AG is averaging thirteen point four points. Because I, I don't, I don't see Golden State wanting to make that move for, um, for Wiggins. D'Angelo Russell. Why, why would they want Andrew Wiggins on that team? Right. I think it's, same thing. As, same thing. I as mean, Andrew. I, I think that he would fit better than D'Angelo Russell because you have a true three in exactly. there with Clay Thompson and Seth Curry, and he is a passive player. That would allow a player like obviously the Steph and the Clays to kind of do their thing, and then he's okay with the third role. I think that's probably the biggest issue that he's okay with not being the guy. Exactly, mm-hmm. but I, I think that, that's, that's another thing. reason why he would benefit Orlando. It, it depends because if unless because you would imagine that by you paying someone that amount of money that you want them to be um, number two or number one option. Yeah, somebody that has a a Jimmy Butler state of mind. Ain't nobody mm-hmm. better than me. Give me the ball. I'm going to handle this. Right? And he doesn't have that type of personality. Yeah, Unless you get that personality from a Mark Helfold. But he's also mild-mannered, which fits, right, the characteristic that the front office looks for. And realistically, if I'm paying 25-plus million and you're going to be a guy that's going to give me 23, 24, 25 points per game, I don't care. I don't care if you have super superstar quality. I don't care if you command attention when you walk into a room let that be markel so let that only, be jonathan isaac my only thing with that is so we're forgetting one thing Fournier is a free agent again or potentially will be a free agent this summer yeah and so that's going to limit how much we can offer evan exactly. for sure so now if you bring a guy like that making 27 million dollars vooch making 25 and now all of a sudden do we still pay Fournier? Or do we go and find a cheaper option out there could we could we and i don't want to get crazy with all of the trade you know craziness but there was a trade I tried, and we're going to talk about this in a later episode, but where we could package Evan and try to steal. You created create a trade scenario where you willingly included Evan. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did. That's, which that's, is, imp- that's improvement. Super, super <laughs> insane, right? I'm proud of you. But but where we could package Evan and try to lure D-Book away from Phoenix. Evan and, uh, and Gordon? Or who? What's in the scenario? Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. 
But De- Devin Devin Booker is their guy. Like they That's they hold guy. they hold Devin Booker at such a high high regard that Phoenix they would is have, so far from winning that it's not even they get rid that, of Booker they lose all their fans they that, got yeah that's fine exactly <laughs> and you know what that that that's a lot of the NBA teams right now because if you're not if you're not winning games but you're still profitable why would why would they be in such a rush to make yeah. a change? A team exactly so, like Phoenix that they have been playing better with the better coaching staff that they, they have. They are a lot better this year. And, and ironically, they should be playing a lot better than what yeah, they have. Because they have Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Ricky Rubio's kind of running the Kelly show for Oubre, them. Guards. Kelly Oubre, who mind. I'm a fan of. I just I would imagine that Phoenix would want a whole lot for Devin Booker. Right. So what I, what I had come up with was... Aaron Gordon, Evan, a first and a second for Devin Booker and Dario Saric. That's not bad. The That's only issue there trade. is it's same, bad for Phoenix. Yeah, the bad thing is, is that again, yeah. Fournier is not on the contract long term, so they would run the risk of losing Booker and then only keeping out of that Gordon. Right, but can wouldn't wouldn't it be a possible conversation to have Maybe. Evan commit? Like a being sign real, and trade, being realistic and trade kind though, of situation. Being realistic, I think they would ask for a guy like Isaac in that scenario. And would, would you, not even go in there. Jonathan Isaac for Devin, but I don't know, man. I mean, Phoenix would want that. That's their Phoenix star. would want that. That's what I'm saying. Like, they would ask if for they're that. They're giving us their prize. We got to give yeah, them one of the, our prizes. To me, Jonathan Isaac is a player that is... Got to build around. Are you... But I, do you really think that Aaron Gordon wouldn't wouldn't command interest from the Suns? No. He's a guy who... He, he's a, he, I think so, but... To play with Booker, <laughs> to play with exactly to play with Booker, not for Booker, because now now you're talking about Devin Booker is the face of their franchise. DeAndre Ayton is not like what they expected yet. him to be. Yeah, yeah, correct. He missed 100%. 25 games this season. Absolutely, but Devin Booker is is their face, their marketing, their commercials. Their so why don't we go after Kelly Oubre instead? Oh my I, god, I, I, like, I like Kelly. Dude, Oubre. I would. I've wanted Kelly Oubre on this team since he was in he Washington. Sense. He's a yeah. real three, right? So now you would have Isaac, at, Isaac the at the four, him at the three, which which potentially, oh, not which one, sorry, uh, Fournier potentially at the two. That's offense, that's athleticism, that's defense. And he brings that dog mentality too. That's a more realistic trade with Phoenix. Like I see, I mean, I don't know why they would trade him because he's playing so well, but I feel like Gordon's potential, maybe a pick in there. Has he got DJ again? Has he got paid yet? Uber? He just signed this offseason. I don't know for how long. He's I mean, playing. If, if he hasn't probably signed for a nice nice contract, but he's playing above his contract or whatever he signed this summer. He's, oh, he's really balling. Well. He's balling. Interesting enough. So I just went into the NBA trade machine, and a trade for Kelly Oubre for Aaron Gordon works. A straight-up swap. Straight-up swap. Oh, my God. It, it actually gives us a projected additional three wins. An additional three wins. Additional Listen, three wins. if I'm the magic, do it in a heartbeat. If I'm the magic, I add do two picks to that and make that happen. Just make it more sweet. I I like Kelly Oubre. We don't need that, no. Al listen. has a good point. We don't need picks at all. No. I'm, done, I'm done with picks. Just just to definitely like force their hand. Mm-hmm. Add two picks, a first and a second. Ag Kelly Oubre. Let's get it done I'm, today. I'm, I'm right now. Think, I'm even thinking two for first round picks. You get a better like, score. You get a better shooter. You get a, right now. You get a dog. <laughs> you get a guy who. It's not much of a drop off on the defensive side from Gordon either. He can play yep, defense. A guy who's can. active, who's competitive, who can shoot. I'm it. excited. He's I, just hungry. I'm a down. Hungry guy. I'm down. And he 100%. fits in with our young guys that we have. I'm yeah. going home after this, and I'm making that trade in my uh, NBA 2K my league. <laughs> just know that. <laughs> hey, does anybody have a John or Jeff's phone number? Let's uh, let's make a call. 
And he's another player that fits in the spectrum of what we look for. Kelly Oubre is six foot seven. Okay. 24 years old. Okay. With a seven foot three wingspan. Oh, oh my goodness. goodness. Let's do it. I'm down, man. Seven foot three wingspan. And he's a tough guy. Man, yeah, and he's, he's yo, he's this dude tough. is not afraid to guard the best player. The way that he went after Paul George, the way that he slammed on him, looked at him, him right after. Put the give him the the tough flex and the head nod. The way that he blocked Terrence Ross from the corner with that corner three that yeah. he had and just stared at. Like he he's the type of player that the magic don't have. Yeah. The only person that comes close to the amount of passion that dude has Evan is Fournier. Evan Fournier. <laughs> and sometimes yo, sometimes it in the middle of a game, here the moment, battling back and forth, you need that type of personality, that that kind of dream on green. You you don't like the player if he's on yeah. the other team, but you mm-hmm. like him if he's on your yeah. team. Man. You need to have that type of player, and he is someone that can really bring that. And he's averaging 20, was it 22 points? 18 points a 18 game. Points 18 a points a game. 18 points a game, yeah. He's, he's a scorer. He Listen, can shoot from the three. He can, he can take great. it in. I'll tell he you this. Jump off. He's athletic. I'll tell you this. We we talked about other trades and other speculation. I'm not even. I, I don't even want to hear about D'Lo because D'Lo is is unattainable. Realistically, Kelly Oubre is a dude we could get who's going to help us win now. And like, you, and you don't have to make a lot of moves. And nope. he's young enough to where he's going to continue to develop with these guys. Yeah, man, I'm I'm a hundred percent in. I don't understand why the Wizards let him go. Now, my only concern is he's only in a two-year contract for $15 million each, so 30 total. At the end of that contract, is he an unrestricted free, unrestricted free agent? Because he, if he is, he's gonna demand a big contract. we're going to have to pay now Isaac Falls. But you're planning on paying a player like Evan Fournier that amount of money. So what, you're saying sign, sign Kelly, let Evan walk? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you sign Kelly and then you figure out Evan Fournier afterwards after you get a player like Kelly. No, but Kelly's a free agent. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Kelly's a free agent after Evan. So you have to lock Yo, up Evan got, this year. You got listen, the, here here's Man. the thing. Here's the thing about basketball and the NBA, right? Is that you have an opportunity to convince these players that Orlando is a spot. Mark Hill would have never selected Orlando, would have never came to Orlando now, once not even thought about it if he didn't already play for this team. That's right. right. So you come into the organization, you have players that you like being around the the front office that we have. They really do care about their players because they're putting them in the right position that, hey, we're not going to force you to do anything. You take your time. You do this. You do that. And players like that. And the fact that you're in Florida where the weather's nice, you don't get into trouble. No state tax. No state tax. Did Latinas. I mention that the weather's nice? The weather's a Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But man, like that's my only concern though. In that trade, I would love that trade. Love it, love it, love it. But my only concern is the money will be an you issue. Fig- you figure so that he would out be in the, in twenty twenty one. The 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 that's the same year. Twenty twenty one, he would be an unrestricted free agent. And we have Markel, Isaac coming to the same offseason. Mm. So that's the only thing. It's, let me. So, do you think that after? Aaron Gordon finishes his contract that he'd want to stay in Orlando another no. another four. No, I don't I think, think he's so. going out west. Hey, absolutely. 100 percent I do I have zero confidence that Aaron Gordon wouldn't leave as an unrestricted. So so this is what I would say, right? So if Kelly Oubre is a unrestricted free agent in 2021, that means that he can pick and choose wherever it is that he's gonna go. Correct. Right. What if we pull him away from Phoenix, have him here, give Evan his contract, right? Have that year as a trial year for Evan if he fits because he's going to be 27, 28 at that time, right? If he fits, 
then we might have a problem. But just because you give a guy money doesn't mean you're stuck with the with the guy, right? Because if if Kelly comes and Kelly's balling out of his mind and he's a better scoring option than Evan, trade Evan. You trade Evan, and then you clear up enough money to still sign, re-sign Markel, J.I., Kelly, and Kelly Oubre is the only guy that you're okay with replacing forever Fournier. I like that. No, no, no. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm okay with <laughs> with Ever him Fournier replacing leader. him. But if the team is in a better place with Kelly, I mean, well, that makes sense too. Yeah, yeah. obviously, you, you want to do that. You want the team to win. Yeah. I completely convinced myself away from the Andrew Wiggins. I was on board yeah. with Andrew Wiggins <laughs> yeah. so we, until we started talking about Kelly Oubre. But I, I think what we can agree then is through this conversation is that we need a three. Yeah. So you trade Gordon a pick or whatever for a three because again we know Isaac's coming back whether it's by the playoffs or next season. But I go back to my same point, guys. I don't think that trade will happen until probably July because we don't want to kill ourselves, our playoffs hopes right now. Unless a team costs us a but you're not you're not taking a such a major risk right now because in, in me just talking about that specific scenario, Aaron Gordon isn't gonna make or break you going to the playoffs. No. It's so, just who do we play the four then? Like we have nobody to play the four. Jay, right I now. Play the four. No, but I'm talking about right now. Like this I gave you that bomba scenario. So you're so that that would be the only concern, that's, right? That's a thing. Because we're we're talking about something completely different. If we had Jonathan Isaac exactly. healthy, could Kelly Oubre play a small ball four though? In the would East, we yes. Play, with his wingspan and his height, I think it's possible. Would he, yeah. Would he want? Would he want to? Is a question. He's flourishing, playing at the three right now. But he he's the type of player right now that you know. And this is thinking long term, right? Would he want to stay in Orlando afterwards? But you can position the fact that hey, you. You would want to stay here if you can turn yourself into Dude, that guy. He signed an he signed an extension in Phoenix. No, um, he yeah. got so he was he got traded there for Ariza. Yeah, for the oh Wizards. yeah, that's a good yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, so I'm wrong. It's gonna be tough, man. It's, I mean, I like I love the ideas. Whether it's Wiggins, whether it's Ubre, we we need that scoring threat, right? We know that for sure. Um, it's just if the Gordon is involved, I expect it to be in July. If Fournier is the one that's going to be going, or Augustine, February is still an option. Really a lot of good, great um, trade deadline questions. So I appreciate everyone submitting those. Uh, we definitely have a lot of fun talking about the trade. Um, and with the deadline being two and a half weeks away, you know, definitely stay tuned because we have, we have some ideas that we're going to start implementing. Um, but let's get into next week. Um, so next week, the game's ahead. We have Monday against the Charlotte Hornets. Wednesday versus OKC, Friday versus Boston, and then Sunday against the Clippers. I like how you said that. Boston. I like Boston. Boston. Is that, that going to be our Boston. game of the week? Or are we going with Clippers Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Boston being the Boston. game of the yeah. week. Boston I'm down. Game of the week. Um, I'm down. So who do we have? Man, that's a rough week. Um, I'll go first. We are, we are super losing against Boston. We're losing against Boston. I'm going with the L for Boston. We're losing against Boston, yeah. Um no, I think we I think we beat <laughs> <No>. Boston. <laughs> Last week you guys thought I was crazy when I said we beat the Lakers and uh But no. nobody knew that Fournier was not playing. If you would have told me that I'm like, yeah, hey, we're I winning. Know for a, yeah, we're winning. As of right and nobody now, knew if Davis was gonna play to, either to play. David Davis was questionable for that game too. Nobody hey, knew. Hey guys, hey guys. Lakers won. I mean Magic won. Lakers <laughs> well, won. We, we, we gotta guard Marcus Smart. This this week is gonna be the same situation. We're gonna go and play Boston and we're gonna Run them out the gym. I feel it. 
I hope. I mean, I, I'm, I'm hoping we can, you know. So we got three L's and we got one win here. Boston's um, those type of games that we beat, you know, that we win. And we play well at home. I mean, so it'll be a, a fun game to watch no matter what. But I think Boston's too good right now, man. I mean, Kemba is on the fence of not playing. I, I know he, had, he got hurt recently. But they still yeah. have so many still, weapons in Boston that they, so they are weapons. really all-around really good team. You know what, though? Tatum hasn't been playing lately. He's been hurt. Brown got hurt recently. So they might not be fully... So healthy. are you changing your mind? No, I'm still not going to change it. Okay, I okay, okay. okay. So, I'm not so, Ariel. So Al <laughs> Don't thinks, be an Ariel, man. Don't be an Ariel. Al thinks that, answer. L, that it's going to be an L against Boston. <laughs> yeah. Ant thinks an L against Boston. Mark thinks an L against Boston. Yeah. And I got a W. And just so our listeners know, we're all tied 1-1 except Ariel. It's actually 2-0. So Ariel Ariel's lost last month. That's because wow. he's, not, he's not trying to do any more challenges. He's 2-0. Uh, he predicted a win like you last week against the Lakers. So uh, we have something to play for. Let's let's do it. Yeah, for sure. So final thoughts. Final thoughts. Uh, Markel Fultz, last five games, 17 points, six rebounds, five assists. Keep that up. Yeah, I, I think I, I second that. Uh, for me, Evan passed the damn ball. Passed the ball. Wow. Just yeah, I, that. I agree with that. Um, let, let's get another surprising win this week. I, even if it's against uh, L.A. Clippers or the Boston Celtics, um, let's get another surprising win. We need to win one of those. Mine's is more off the court. Um, I'm I'm ready to start listening to uh, some some news, some Wojnowski breaking suspicions of who the Magic are going to go after, who we're targeting. Again, our front office is known to be quiet on the hush. I'm mm-hmm. just really hoping that whoever conversations that they're having with, that their execs, their agents are the ones speaking up and kind of hearing what the Magic are doing because uh, I'm tired of the, the secrecy. We need, we need some news. I, I know. Uh, absolutely. But uh, good episode, guys. Yes. That's a wrap for us. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.